0: Have you guys seen Jackass yet?
1: No, have you? No.
0: Yeah, I saw it opening night. God
1: damn it. I'm so jealous. I, want, I, I really want to see it. I wanted to see it in theaters with the crowd. I really mm. wanted. I thought that'd be like the perfect time to watch that film.
2: But I am so behind on Jackass. I don't think I've seen Jackass 3. Uh, Man, are honestly, you I don't think there's lore that carries over. <laughs> <laughs> Jackass 3 is really good. 3 is really <laughs> you know? good. And
0: Three might be my favorite, honestly.
2: Three is my favorite. Three is the one I've seen most, given like the sort of stuff I'm interested in, uh, like conceptually, like intellectually and stuff. It's also very cool that way too. And I also Have you seen Inception. It's pretty good too. of it. Yeah, Inception. I like Inception <laughs> <laughs> uh, It's not great, but yeah, I don't know. I want to see because I barely remember Jackass one. I remember Jackass two a little better, but. I I
1: don't recall Jackass 1 at all. Jackass 2, I have some memories of. And 3, Manny, is, I think, my so funny. It's so funny.
0: I really love 1. I've seen that one maybe the most. Uh, 2, I haven't really seen that much because they never showed that on TV when we were growing up Mm. because it's far (laughs) too, like, raunchy. Yeah. And uh, 3, I don't... I feel like it hits the perfect balance of just everything that Jackass does and was at the time a very nice send off. It obviously didn't keep, but. (laughs) (laughs) Like,
1: there's a point of, like, the big hand that slaps the people walking into the kitchen. Perfect, Mm -hmm. like, stupid silliness. And then there's. Stevo getting bungee shot in a porta potty full of shit and it's like yeah this is this is perfect the dave england when he in the remember the little choo-choo train scene Andres? yeah that was my great. favorite one uh when i was working at a big box store uh, i met dave england and, and i saw his young daughter and his young son and in my head, I'm like, I've seen your dad shit. <laughs> like, I've I've seen your dad take a humongous shit. I've seen your dad <laughs>
0: shit his pants.
1: <laughs> oh my god!
0: In that wonderful scene, Jackass
1: one, one. Is he the one? Is in in two or three where they pay him like five hundred dollars to eat like horse shit, or is that
2: um? I, I, I know the stunt, the but I don't. I don't know if that's in two or three. I just know it's of the stunt. In two. There's,
0: Dave England does okay. it. Krzyspaniusz is the it. one that drinks horse semen.
1: Oh. <laughs> is that the one with the the revolver? They do roulette with the horse semen.
0: No, <laughs> I don't think they would ever do that.
1: Well, that's in a movie. That's in the Naked Mile. <laughs> American <laughs> by the Naked Mile. Very dumb movie. I like
2: it. In, it inspired it, probably. I mean, honestly, probably. Good the God. I. I saw, like, an article somewhere talking about how, like, Knoxville was responding to some backlash of, like, his stunts being too tame or something. (laughs) Christ. Yeah. Poor guy. His response was, like, I'm too old for that shit. Yeah, he's (laughs) old and his penis already
1: broke. What more do you want from this man?
2: Uh, But I don't know what happened in the new Jackass, which is why I bring it up. Because
1: he literally, like... Gets destroyed. <laughs> so. He he got brain damage from this movie,
2: from the newest one again.
1: From yes. the they're the bull stunt, and he lands, and he got brain damage. Like it's, so, these people saying that must have been like, like poor jo- <laughs> poor Johnny was been like,
2: are you fucking kidding me? <laughs> like I'm trying so hard for you people. Maybe it was in maybe it was in response to the movie, like. Like oh, I'm done with that. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I don't know. I I think I think Johnny Knoxville and Steve O probably got hurt pretty early on into filming or something because they are like noticeably not doing quite as much as they usually do. But Mm -hmm. uh, Mm -hmm. like Johnny Knoxville always gets destroyed by bulls in every movie, but this one is like (laughs) this one is like the golf cart scene in one where like mm-hmm. everybody's like scared of that I think Dunn and or Johnny Knoxville are dead. <laughs> like that that's what this bowl thing. Which is. one's that one? It's when they're it's just like, one. it's in one. They're just driving around a golf course, fucking around in a golf cart. And they're like trying to drive over a, Mass plastic mascot, or something, and the golf cart just mm-hmm. like collapses onto the thing and like rolls
1: <laughs> over like twice,
2: yeah. or something like that. Christ, rolling a golf cart is not the safest thing to roll. To be real,
1: it has a cage, it doesn't. Yeah, I know, I was, I was like, <laughs> it oh, has a roof, a real, technically, it has a frame, <laughs> it technically has a
2: frame,
0: yeah, but. Like, when Johnny Knoxville lands from the bowl, I think, I want to say, like, there's also a scene somewhere else where this happens in Jackass, and everybody's like, oh, shit. But, like, he's just on the floor snoring. Like, it's like, oh, that's not (laughs) cool. Does he see uh, C-3PO
1: arms? Have you ever seen those? In, like, UFC, some people just get knocked out, and their arms just kind of lock up, and that's when you know it's really bad. You're just like, oh, fuck.
0: it's a bull hit, so he just ragdolls, but <laughs>
2: Oh mm. But anytime you get the snoring or the the death rattle sounds, it's like, oh no. Nobody. It's definitely how
0: he landed. Like he lands okay. pretty heavy on his back and neck. Like
1: <laughs> That's fucked. I need to go watch this movie.
2: It's, it's just good. <laughs> Yeah, it sounds fun. It's, it's it's a terrible time for some. It's
0: great. Okay. There's a lot of male nudity. Uh Woo! Yummy. Uh um, what the hell? It's not as good as the other ones, but it's still great. A bad yeah, jack- I mean it sounds fun. It's not a bad movie, but like a uh, below level of the previous one jackass movies is still arguably better than a lot of other movies.
2: <laughs> 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 I haven't seen any of the like Bad Grandpa movies either. There were like two, oh, right? I haven't seen. Them. Those feel I've too seen one. too scripted, too muted. Mm, I mean like the thing the the thing that like initially popped my interest to them again is because I saw uh, Eric Andre's movie that was like fairly scripted but like the stunts were great, like the the pranks were great, so That one I was, was like oh, maybe I should go trip. check out bad trip yeah uh maybe i should check out bad grandpa and stuff
0: if you liked that movie it bad grandpa's
2: pretty similar Mm. it's a it's like a it's like a step between to me it seems like a step between like a jackass movie being above that and like an episode of jackass being below that sort of deal it's like a it's like a little bit of a mixture between like having stunts and uh being a production Yeah, I mean Do you
1: remember the one where they get hit with the claymore with the like this the safety claymore? Yeah, that <laughs> one's crazy. <great. laughs> that shit gets me. That one shit gets me every time. Oh
0: no. I think about that a lot.
1: Yeah. And how like After... they wear the safety glasses and then Giant Offel just puts his hand like over his yeah, mouth. He puts his nose, hand over his, like... his face and it's nuts, <laughs> yeah. like Yeah, he just like gets all his protection.
0: And, and bam and Donner oh. just like full paintball helmeted <laughs> out like
1: do you remember the, the interview where it's bam just keeps bam's chair is just slowly breaking <laughs> for like no reason
0: yeah it's in 3.5 <laughs>
1: have you seen the interview manny Mm-mm. oh wow funny. it's just the, it's them just them talking the in the movie. middle of it
0: you know how mm, the point five mm. movies are formatted where it's just like yeah. clip and then it cuts to them. Like throughout three point five, it's just bam and done sitting there, and then you start noticing that bam's chair is falling apart, and then at one point it just like <laughs> full on falls apart, and then he just like has to stand <laughs> there. It's really funny. It's so funny. Oh, uh,
2: man.
0: Rest in peace, done
1: rest in peace damn godspeed to bam and whatever he's going through
0: yeah bam yeah. i think is in one clip of the new movie and it's very not noticeable if you're not paying attention mm-hmm. and i swear he's in a clip on in the credits because they're showing like old Deleted scenes from the Big Brother office or whatever, and I f- swear they like blur him out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> Poor
2: guy. Ugh, that's rough. Yeah,
1: I don't. The studio of Manny basically was like, it, he needs help, and like we don't want him to be a problem on set. Like, and yeah, so, yeah, I he didn't couldn't
2: handle it. Well, what about it? Like, but association though—that's like removing association. Yeah, like I mean, blurring, I I get what the studio out. was
1: doing, and I think at the time maybe Bam couldn't. I I I, I, I mean I don't know. I'm just speculating, but I, it, that's why I want him a. We just wish him a speedy recovery to whatever he's going through. Poor guy.
2: Yeah.
1: Uh, April Fools, everybody. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh shit! I realized how dated this is gonna be. <laughs> not that uh not that our opening banter is ever like current but...
1: yeah. what's the weather tomorrow um, for <laughs> our local area <laughs> Well the weather tomorrow
2: uh, <laughs> well this April episode is, is... going to come
0: out before our last two recorded episodes I think so <laughs>
1: <Yeah>. <laughs> just it'll be more current those than the entire
2: time <sighs> oh man yeah we rough around the edges for sure Hit
1: us, yeah. the, Andra, hit us
0: with that, Andre. Uh, so, hit us with the, it. With so, the good boy. <laughs> Are you <two> done? <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yes, we have a bonus episode for you guys. Or, I guess this would be a special episode. Uh,
2: because we're all here. <laughs> yeah, that's true.
0: We decided to do the opposite of what we normally do and recommend stuff we don't like to each other for April Fools.
2: Ah, That's so funny. (laughs) But I don't know
0: what this is gonna look like when I post it, because I'm gonna
2: figure that out as I go along. Yeah, pee-pee. I was thinking about that too a little bit. I was like, wow, we're going to like post. <laughs> we're going to have to do a lot of research to make some posts about these. Well, listen, man, sometimes research. it's okay to not post. <laughs> like, wait, we're, we're I'm just do. talking about like the photo or whatever like oh, we got to include the things we're going to talk about We today. can hold we can
1: have the guy holding the all three things, but instead of passing it to someone it's in, it's going to the trash can <laughs> <laughs> that's,
2: really, that's actually pretty
0: funny yeah, That's
2: what i do we should do that
1: but oh my gosh uh in the spirit of this we also uh honest did you listen to the nickelback album yes <laughs> God damn it. i was going to be like in the spirit of this none of us listened or watched the other person's stuff
2: <laughs> <laughs> i uh let's uh let's let's yeah. announce what we recommended to each other
0: my for my anti-recommendation, I did Love Live, the school idol movie.
1: Love live
0: love live, live. Are you guys going to say yours? Or... <laughs> I'm,
2: I'm <laughs> yes, pulling mine sorry. up so I can get, I wanted to get the director. Uh, okay, I can, I can, I can chat. So, uh, I ended up recommending Nickelback's debut full-length album, Curb, from 1999 i've unsussed dune part one 2021 directed by
1: dennis villanuevi sorry i really was trying to just learn how to say that name and i couldn't figure it out so dennis v
2: yo denny v denny v V. V. your movie (laughs) who's
1: directed a bunch of
2: good movies yeah what what uh well you can talk about it later but I'll d- listen, yeah. dude,
1: cancel the podcast. We're talking about Denny V today. Denny V has been known for uh, Blade Runner 2049,
0: Andres. Oh. Oh. That movie is probably suffers from some of the <laughs> opinions I have on Dune. <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: oh, he made Sicario? Cool. Uh,
0: for reference, basically, the main requirement was that we each. Paid attention to our own thing so he could share with pieces of what we don't exactly like or think are stupid. I don't want to say stupid, but a lot of. that's
2: just stupid.
0: A lot of what I was watching for mine specifically was just ridiculous, kind of. I, I have a lot of opinions on Love Live, and I think. Maybe not Love Live in particular, but the movie and I'll by by proxy the second season I think are very very over the top at a lot of things.
2: <laughs> yeah, I uh, could definitely see that.
0: But for. I listened to the Nickelback album this morning, so I listened to it once. Let's and I got I got 37 minutes into Dune before we started recording, so I probably could have finished, but just in general I have a hard time watching long movies. I legit watched my movie which is an hour 30 more or less. <laughs> Uh in That's the
2: long for, for a love life. <laughs> it
0: it is long, but it I watched it in four different sittings. Like I just I just <laughs> did not have the time to watch movies
2: this week, so mm-hmm, mm-hmm. yeah. I, I I took a very similar approach. Um I mean the reason I sort of recommended Nickelback, which I'll get into more. Uh, should be obvious to everyone. Nickelback is like a band that finds itself at this like on the cutting block for a bunch of different reasons all the time from like really uh sort of like superficial, silly reasons mm-hmm. like, oh, they're like gimmicky or something. They're like a um, meme. Or, or, yeah. Me- it's basically me- a memed band. And then on the other side, they're like much deeper... Uh, problematic things about certain members of the group, etc. Oh, no. <laughs> so that's why I wanted to recommend Nickelback. And we always talk about Nickelback in the context of like Photograph or the newer songs. And I was like, I like you know, that song. To, yeah, me too. That song. <laughs> to, I to like trace. that meme from that song.
1: Look at this graph! And it just holds <laughs> on his face for a
2: few seconds. It's so good every yeah. time. <laughs> it's really good. Um, <laughs> but to dig Ooh. to dig deeper... I I wanted to recommend the very first thing they put out, so, uh, and it digs a little deep. It's a little it's a little odd, um, to say the least. But yeah, I I'm familiar with the Love Live movie and I've seen a little bit of it, um, and I have not seen any of Dune, but I'm familiar with the story, so I'm very curious to what, see where that goes.
1: Where I come from from Dune as like a, a thesis statement is that I believe the movie. Focuses a lot on the greater part of the story that it doesn't give a shit about its characters. Is is the easiest way I can say it. And definitely when, picking up on that. But... <laughs> when I I've I've said this opinion to a lot of people, and it's another one of the things where I really um, I don't like um, people who can't take the criticism like that like i've had some people just didn't i'll go into the- a little bit deeper but just kind of be like mm, well all this other stuff is good so that's fine and it's like okay so we're just not talking about the problems i just don't like that i don't like that and i really don't like how uh, nose up in the air this movie feels like and again
2: again our <laughs> friend brian is a <laughs> we- better timothy chalamet than timothy chalamet is
3: <laughs>
2: damn um. we are an anti- timothy chalamet podcast i'm sure i'm sure he's a cool guy but i feel like he'd
1: be (laughs) really mean to me i feel like me and him wouldn't get along does that make sense
2: (laughs) (laughs) damn that's funny i uh i can see what you mean (laughs) oh my god (sighs) all right
0: so who wants to set this off
1: i'll go yeah hit it Hit us with... I. The movie is two and a half hours. It's a long movie. The book is very long. And I've been absorbing other Dune media. I've tried reading the book. I don't have a lot of time to sit down and read. I listened to um, the last podcast on the left's deep dive into Dune. I've tried to read like comics about Dune. It. It's interesting. Again, the world is so cool. In the same way that Blade Runner exists, like You want to learn and deep into this world and like deep dive into this world because I feel like they don't give you enough at times. Have I seen the David Lynch film? Uh, no, because people say it's, it's you either love or you hate it, and it's very weird. Um, but Dune as a film has a fantastic cast of characters, of really talented actors, and no one really gets any time to be more than a one dimensional like plot piece, in my opinion. Like no you um Timothy Chalamet's father is played by Oscar Isaac, a phenomenal actor, and he gets like maybe ten lines. He gets to be kind of cool at some points and then he's gone. It's not phenomenal. Um Timothy Chalamet is playing uh Paul Atreides, who's supposed to be this like really deep and introspective character, and it just doesn't come across in my opinion. Like There's moments of like really interesting vulnerableness that happens between him and his mother. And then there's moments between him and uh, Jason Momoa characters, Duncan Idaho, where they just don't even have a conversation. Like they're supposed to be really good friends is what they kind of infer on you. And then immediately they just jump into the plot. Like, you know, Mm. like it'd be um, for another reference, it'd be like. If they took away all of the conversations of like a Marvel movie or something and they just made it just about the plot. And some people might, might have liked that. Some people think maybe it's too much. And I think there's a point where like you don't need to have jokes. You don't need to be like constantly just like making snide remarks about all this stuff. But I think you should make these characters seem more than just actors in a movie. You should make them seem like this. Wor- if this world is so deep, the people must be deep as well. And I guess that's alluded to that, but it never feels that way. And that's just my biggest gripe about this movie. No one feels like a person. It's just blah 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 blah.
2: That's my one, yeah. my first
1: point. Yeah, uh, me too. And So I want to talk to you about that. I I like characters
2: more than I care for. Yeah, I want a character. Yeah, I don't. Likewise, yeah. I
1: don't know what other story does like hollow characters just for plot device that's considered
2: good you know like yeah well it's funny like even children's media does character characters really well but sometimes they like can fall to i don't know for <laughs> some reason i thought of winnie the pooh when you were talking okay, <laughs> i don't know go why on, go on <laughs> but go on. <laughs> hold on audience we're lost as you
1: are keep going manny
2: so and Winnie, so for example, in a, in a franchise like Winnie the Pooh, okay. one of the things that helps children learn is like archetypal characters, right? Mm-hmm. Like like Pooh is a honey muncher. That's all he does is munch that honey. And uh, Piglet is afraid, right? And Rue, like, et cetera, et cetera. But then, even children's media has development. Even piglets forced to overcome his fears in the movies. They definitely have like,
1: these like moments of development and like growth and like forced growth and stuff. But it definitely so it feels have, forced. It it just it just kind of happens. It just it just happens and it happens and it happens. Like it never feels like. I don't know. It doesn't feel earned. None of it feels yeah. earned, in my opinion. Um, and that's kind of the con- the concept of the whole book as I've been listening to about it is that like main character Paul Trades is supposed to be like this God, like who can do everything and like learn and blah 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 blah, but like it never feels like he learns any of that
0: in the small part that I watched they're full on neoing it and call him the one so <laughs> <laughs>
2: uh, I think I don't know if that's like a canon thing or not, actually. It probably but, is, but It probably is. I'm I'm trying to remember. I read I read like um a, a majority of Dune a very long time ago, so <laughs> um in the in
1: the in the book, Manny, from what you remember, do you remember them being a lot of scenes of like I I heard um someone discuss the thing called like the dinner scene and the dinner scene is um Paul Atreides, his mother Jessica, Duke Leto, and then uh, Doctor Yu, they're like the core of the family, and they have a dinner scene, and they kind of just like show you like what the stand like. They it establishes character yeah, in the book. Yeah. Do you yeah. remember
2: that? Well, uh, I remember that vaguely. I think the thing so, but, that, but the concept is there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That the, scene the, does not the, exist
1: the... in the in the movie.
2: Yeah, I mean, what one of the things I was going to bring up about this point is that. It's it's sort of ironic that in like a what, it's like two and a half hours, right? It's two and a half hours. Part one, in two and a half of, of yeah, Dune. yeah, yeah. Part one of Dune, right? In a in what's supposed to be a grand telling of a an epic narrative, at, that has two and a half hours to tell its first part. You would think that that would be enough time to have the like pacing necessary to develop characters, but I think it's sounding like the way that this movie was put together is they just didn't they didn't lean into the the time that it takes for you to become acclimated to a character's entire being and it and so it like one dimensionalizes them which is which is really unfortunate because the reason so so the book of dune so dune as far as like the narrative goes it has it is three books re-
1: within the book
2: yeah and it's really yeah. about it's really about the world like it like if 100 percent is about this yeah.
1: entire and, and again that's that's the goal of this movie yeah exactly world exactly. building Which is, for this yeah but to me i want to talk about just this movie i want to yeah, say yeah, of is this movie good on its own yeah
2: that's a that's a really hard sell
1: and it, it, a, i get it i get it it's it's maybe um like it's 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 not for me and blah 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 blah. But I think the I think the criticism I have of, of it being like having these hollow characters is is pretty fair because it doesn't mm-hmm. feel like they really matter. Do I want to learn more about what the spice does and the the trading guild or whatever it's called, spacing guild? Mm-hmm. Do I want to see more of um Stellan Skargard's Baron? Yeah, there's tons. There's so much I want to see, and then some of it's just kind of like. Uh eh, like just doesn't work. It just doesn't work. I but then I had this conversation with some super fans like I was gonna I mentioned earlier and I got hit with uh Yeah, but did you see it in IMAX? And I was like, Does okay, that okay. change <laughs> anything? And they're like, Well this, the sound design is, is amazing. And I was like really? Okay Like that's it? Like that's what we're talking like what about this criticism? And they're just like, Oh, it's just it's still fine. It's still just so good. And I'm like, I get I get what you're saying. Uh but that, sounds like some I, that sounds like
2: some coping. That sounds like some coping. I
1: That's kind of, I was just like, <laughs> this doesn't feel like a, just. It, it, what do you want to say? Because I have other points to make.
0: This sounds like my interaction with the
1: movie uh, Your
0: Name. I, <laughs> <laughs> I legit have very big issues with the narrative. And then anytime I try to bring that up, people usually deflect it with, Oh but uh it looks beautiful or the soundtrack is amazing. And yes, that's true. <laughs> it's also but pretty what about true this? for dune like it the the 40 minutes I saw were pretty beautiful. Like
1: <laughs> it's shot mm-hmm. great. It's so cool. People were like, "Oh, but did you see the sandworms?" I'm like, "We didn't see enough of the sandworms." and then they they kind of look at me and they're like but they were there and it's like okay but like i don't i i guess i don't understand what this loyalty to this movie is
2: that yeah that's that's a really big topic and i I, like yeah
1: yeah, i have a that's where i get a lot of i mean i just finished halo infinite campaign yesterday and it's not great but like (laughs) i'm a fan of it because it never was great like it's it's fine it's fun and it has good moments but if you tell me like is it a good story i'm like yeah are you fucking kidding me it's it's halo it's meant to be there's
2: tons of shitty parts about it but i'm aware and i'm okay with saying this i think dune suffers from what a lot of long-standing franchises suffer from especially when they're adapted um into film into cinema which is like adaptations when you do one or two and they fail and you redo them, there's always this like, um, there's always this feeling of like dissatisfaction and and tension and maybe expectation that is really hard to meet. And there's like a lot of pressure. And so um, both on the fan side and the production side. So you can think about like the the countless Spider-Man remakes, right? Like how like every time a new Spider-Man remake trilogy comes out it's like oh shit like we're gonna try to do it differently and do it better and blah 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 with dune dune has had a really terrible time with like cinema adaptations um the david lynch one is extremely divisive and considered by like fans of the franchise like of the of the 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 novel series right to not be very good (laughs) i think even
1: david lynch says he's like i i never the studio interrupted so much he's not even proud of that film
2: yeah, and, and that's, that's and, so terribly that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, that's really sad. Um, but I think what's happening here is like the 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 some of what you're getting from the audience or from the the fans is part of that tension manifested, where it's like, oh, like yeah, the movie wasn't great, but like this is what we have now. The, <laughs> so like uh, we I've, have, th- I've
1: definitely heard that with a lot of other things of like, I think when. N- sword and shield came out for pokemon when oh said my before, god people were like i i knew someone that said i'm not happy with all the decisions they made but i'm just starved for content so i bought both and just like great <laughs> like cool mm-hmm. like i don't i don't get that mentality and it's it, it, again besides that this movie's gonna be really cool i hope i heard some like diehard fans say like i don't even want to review this movie until i see the whole thing part one and two and it's like Okay. I think that's fair. I think that's fair to say because but I just don't get I don't get that part. Like am I gonna go see Dune 2? Um if someone invites me to go to the go see it or like some or if I have time on HBO. Like that's it. I don't yeah. Did this hook this is... me into the Dune world? Kind of. Yeah, it kind of did. But the movie itself, I think if it was just this movie, if this just came out and people were like the, the Frank Herbert never wrote the movie, the book, or anything. I don't think people would give a shit about this. No, I don't think it would I, work. Uh, I agree. It only works as a basis <laughs> for something much greater than it than it is.
2: You know, I think the audience most readily identifiable with this type of movie construction is probably those who like Henry VIII or like like po- political drama oriented films. Even though it's genre mm-hmm. different, even though it's genre differently, uh, Dune is a very political story. Dune is, is all about so the politics. like. And I get it. So, and yeah. that's not
1: what I like in a film. I want to talk about yeah, characters and stuff. Exactly. Know? But, dude, am I going to watch my cousin Vinny, one of the greatest courtroom dramas of all time? Yes, so fucking good. Uh, am I going to watch this movie again? <laughs> I don't I might go on YouTube and watch the cool clips that happen. I can't even think of any parts that are that exciting, except for maybe um, there's a big, like, fight scene um, mm. that happens that's really cool. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. And it's and, it's cool, yeah. yeah Andres,
2: you saw you saw the movie, or you saw like a more way more than I did, which I saw zero of it. Mm-hmm. So, what did what did you like think about it? Given everything we're talking about,
0: uh, I can see uh, just from the small bits re- I saw, I can see what Alexi means for sure, based on what I saw it. Really reminded me of the pre Justice League DC Universe movies.
3: Ooh. Mm.
0: It felt <laughs> like it took itself really seriously, which is fine, mm-hmm. but it also just <laughs> felt like it felt like I needed to be interested in this to actually get anything out of it. Like none of the. All the characters really seemed to be just trying to drive along the plot, yes, there wasn't really anything i I don't know it just everything felt archetypal, and everything really it it felt like a backdrop to something bigger i don't know really mm-hmm. how to people explain have even it, said that but... about
1: dune dune the novel that dune the novel is just set up that way dune yeah messiah i think is number two mm-hmm. is is much is a better book because of it and it's like okay like again that's all of this is fine it yeah i just again i just wanted to say that i don't i don't think this film is that great on its own <laughs> on its own it's not
2: you know yeah the for some more context on that what you said about the book series i mean the thing that dune is actually referenced a lot in in terms of like craft and whatnot is it's world building like Mm -hmm. like at Mm -hmm. the core of it so like i think that that's an unfortunate side effect that leaked into the cinema production it's like this world is the important part and therefore the politics of the world are part of the driving force behind that but then, like, it just leads to like, okay, all of these characters literally have to use all of their screen time to achieve the end goals of the plot. Mm-hmm. That that suddenly it's, we can't. Yeah, it's a lot
0: of just narrative speak. Uh, I'm blanking mm-hmm. on the actual exposition. Exposition, exposition drops. <laughs> yeah, it's just a lot of exposition coming from the characters, and it often comes off as them not being human <laughs> because of that.
1: <laughs> did you did you get to the part where Timothy Chalamet meets Jason Momoa? Like uh, on yeah. the planet Dune? That to me is a no, great example dune. of. Okay. When it comes up, it's the greatest example of it. I already mentioned it, but like it really is like they're like, Duncan, he's like paw and then like they meet up. <laughs> they don't even like really hug or like high five or anything. And then um, Paul like gives a look and Duncan's like no you can't come with me please Paul. like there's just like no nuance there's no like hey like how was tell me about it blah 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 like give me details of this world and make it feel organic rather than Bleh, words, Bleh, words like it just doesn't work
0: I, I have a lot of counter examples just like for for things that have like a pretty big world but still just focus on the characters and then build the world around it.
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah.
0: I don't I legit don't understand the appeal of Dune if I'm being honest. So, I don't know if <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what right. people want. Like, do people want just like to see the cool space worlds or
1: I think Manny hit it on the head. It is a an, an amazingly written giant game of politics. But in the book, you get to view it through the lens of these people for a while and like understand and grow from there. And I mean, he, yeah. uh, Frank Herbert and this film does the thing of like, we are the Benny Jesuit. And you're like, what the fuck is the Benny Jesuit? And you're just like, Oh, <laughs> we'll find out as we go along. And it's like, that's, I have no complaints about that. Yeah. Yeah. But like, in the books, they go and they're like, you'll see the bane dressers and all of its importance as it goes on, and I think like it even has like a glossary so you can go back and like read in the index like what it means. And it doesn't mm. have this. I don't know. Like I think Anders yeah. is a good point though. There's other things with like these really deep and rich worlds that have cool characters that that yeah. make you want to keep coming to the world and see what their adventures are gonna be, rather than just oh, cool. This setting's awesome like yeah i'm gonna
0: throw something out there that i just have no knowledge of but isn't (laughs) isn't this basically why people like game of thrones like didn't they do the opposite where people really (laughs) care about the characters and it is a whole thing about politics but Mm -hmm. i it isn't that why people like game of thrones (laughs)
1: Game yeah. Of th- yeah it's just Game kind of, of the opposite I mean, of Dean. <laughs> i'm not a good standpoint for it but like i don't I've know May, have you seen it i've seen yeah. some as well um but it's but I mean, yeah i think makes a good point it is a lot about the characters you care more about them and what they're doing and how their interactions come across and one day paul and Stillgar are gonna have a conversation and i'm not gonna give a shit you know
2: yeah that's like the the thing about game of thrones that i think i think that that's exactly right like thrones the the with game of thrones and and shows like that especially where there's like conflict right and if it's political conflict it's even more deadly but you have to be given a reason to care about the conflict and if and characters are almost always a way into those things so if you're like not Finding a way to develop or ground characters or make you care about them, it's like, oh, well, why should I care about these like four different alien races or, or two different like races mm-hmm. at war with each other, right? And like doing their particular thing. Though, <laughs> I, I listening to someone,
1: listening to the last podcast on the left talk about what Dune is made it sound so fucking cool. It like, is really, it's cool. And it's, it doesn't. <laughs> I don't know if mine's just saying like, do I am I a person that needs to be spoon-fed information? I don't know. Maybe I am. But like, there's a part where like, they kind of just don't say enough. And uh, to me, there's the uh, House Atreides is now taking over the planet from Mm -hmm. House uh, Harkonnen. And they are part of a secret plot in House Harkonnen with the Emperor to destroy Duke Atreides because he's too powerful. And you're like, oh, all of this sounds awesome. I, to me, it didn't come across. Yeah, yeah, it just didn't. That's... And I don't know. Maybe again, if I'm a person needs to be spoon fed a story, I apologize, everyone. I'm sorry, I'm this stupid, but like, I don't think I am. I think, I think it no. just had so much. It had, I had a, it had a lot to say, and only few words were spoken. And it yeah. doesn't work that way when it comes to telling me what the expo- like the exposition <laughs> wasn't even enough for what it was, and that's all
2: the fucking movie was. I feel like. That's yeah. That's fair. The I think from an outside perspective, since I know very little about the the this movie, um, it it comes across like it's really a movie for the fans of, of the novel or the fans of the entire plot and world already. Because it's like like exactly the the interaction between the lead character and um, between T- Timothy Chalamet and the best friend. It's like uh, you have to. You can like pick that up in the movie it sounds like but um the movie is probably already making presumptions that the audience knows who this is. And I think that that's maybe where some of the character development is being dropped off. It's like, well, yes. this is about the plot, this is about the world, and this is for our fans of Dune primarily because god knows we haven't had a good a good movie Which adaptation. Which is why I don't know where <laughs> the new
1: people are coming in.
2: Like mm. is this,
1: is this knowing that there's going to be people like me who just go on YouTube and watch a video essay about it and then they get excited?
2: No, I think That's the hard part.
0: I think they just made it pretty so people would say <laughs> like, "Hey, this looks cool. I'm going to keep watching cuz I want to see more cool
2: graphics." That that makes a lot of sense. Uh every every like advertisement I saw for th- for this film was m- screaming look at me i'm epic and there's uh, in a variety of ways and they
0: have the celebrity cast to back it up like there's yeah, so many people that are probably <laughs> seeing it to just be like oh i love timothy chalamet or oh i love zendaya like,
1: yeah. i love oscar Isaac that's why I saw he's so good <laughs> exactly. Again, uh, and everyone does so good david um das malchian um he's in a lot of movies we've seen, he's the polka dot man in Suicide Squad. Um oh. he he's phenomenal. I love that guy. Tons of people you see, you're like, oh, this is gonna be a good fucking movie. You know, Javier Bardem, phenomenal. Like just I wanted them to act. <laughs> 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 um but that It's I probably think, the script go. writing, you know. It's probably uh, the script writing. You yeah. were given one of the most dense pieces of literature that people respect and adore and is considered like a big part for science fiction for a lot of people yeah you're not gonna get everything right and that's fine like again i i didn't <laughs> i don't think this movie's bad i don't think it's for me though yeah. That's, yeah. that's my criti- this, uh, criticism The
2: i almost i almost want to bring up lord of the rings as like a counter example because like that has up, that has like a similar weight and a similar media structure where it's coming from novels going into, you know, a movie adaptations. It's an epic, but it's rooted in fantasy instead of sci-fi. It has the advantage um, of
1: being lighthearted, though.
2: That's that's And right. it is, instead of it being the
1: journey of Paul to become the God King, it's the journey of Frodo and his friends solving all these problems to destroy the One Ring. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. it's an so
0: adventure, whereas yeah, Dune is... So deeply political, like
2: do the the difference between those genres naturally lead to a more um a a better opportunity for like character development and character telling? I
0: don't know about that necessarily. I think it's just infinitely more accessible if
1: it's like an Mm. adventure. It's easier to relate to a person going through a journey and like overcoming things and like growing than it is to relate to the. Two houses and all the rules we don't know about this and the other, et cetera. And then Paul Atreides, be, being a superhero, being like a super fucking hero. Yeah, that's like, the a, issue to a point where like, <laughs> and I, I, uh, spoiler. I'm gonna I'm trying to figure out how I'm doing a Spider-Man episode and talk about his journey to superhero and how drastically different it is and how, in my opinion, almost perfect it is compared to Paul's and how they don't really care at all about paul
0: because it is possible to do like political drama and make it relatable mm-hmm. it, that's true you very, just very you true. Yeah. but you absolutely have to just have a human and super relatable cast of characters or else it's just like it it's hard to get people to care about real-life politics. Why would they care about... <laughs> <laughs> why would they care about fake politics if there's nobody they can connect to? The
1: that's, people who I mean, like Dune
2: did not vote. It makes perfect sense. <laughs> Damn. We are, no, we are a voting-positive podcast.
1: Hard stance. Hard stance on that one. Um, I think I've said all I've had to say about it. Again, like... Uh, but what I will say about all this stuff, go watch the movie and form your own opinion. And then uh, tweet at me why I'm stupid. I don't go on Twitter. <laughs>
2: <laughs> That's a good idea. Maybe I, I will go watch this movie. Maybe it's I on will. HBO Max. Um, oh, I had I had no idea. If you have
1: <laughs> HBO, it might have come off. Actually, not I think they it. took it off. It's gonna come back to HBO Max. Um, if you have the time sure in HBO Max, <laughs> you can do a preview for another episode we're doing about the Suicide Squad film, and you could just watch that because it's so fucking good. Um, anyway, go ahead.
2: <laughs> uh, who okay. To go next, how you feeling, Enders? Do you want to go? Do you, you want to hit us do... with Love
0: Live? Do you want to do two movies or?
2: Do you wanna? Oh, uh, okay. Let's let's break it up with some music. I think I, that, that's probably. I
1: think it right. works too that we went Andres, Manny, Alexi, and then we went Alexi, Manny, Andres. My brain oh, like likes that pattern.
2: Oh yeah, we we all about the patterns. Um, okay. Remind so, me of who I really am, Manny. <laughs> uh, this is how I'll remind you. So this we is are how... we are talking about Nickelback. Um, this is a band. <laughs> I'll I'll say the same thing I said for another episode that I'm currently editing. This is a band that needs no introduction. Uh, <laughs> Fallout Boy. Uh, <laughs> the uh Nickelback is is pretty widely known. Um, they're a Canadian group, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. I forgot about we that. We all. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It really doesn't show but,
0: in the music, but we can get No, not that. at
2: all. Yeah, which is which is really funny. Um so 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 Nickelback's Curb uh is what we'll be talking about today. It's the debut album of Nickelback. Uh came out in 1990. Let me back six, check myself. I'm pretty 16, sure 1996. Six, yes. It came out in 1996 and then there were there was like a re-release issue, I think. Um I believe, maybe not. Maybe I'm crazy. Um yeah, no, there was a reissue in 2002 by Roadrunner Records, which is uh um uh, maybe that's maybe it's a little bit of a stain on Roadrunner. Um they haven't had like <laughs> the best track record, but like uh I I that that was a little weird for me to to find out. Either way, so 1996 and then 2002. Um, the reason I recommended this album, which I sort of already hinted at was, uh, okay. So I'll preface with, you know, I'm into some weird music. I love music. I think all art is interesting and valuable. Um, the thing about this album is I think it exemplifies a lot of the problems with Nickelback as artists and also a little bit as people, (laughs) um, in a very like weird way. Uh, all of the music was written by Chad Kroger, um, except where there is some... Such a, such a perfect name for the, per- uh, <laughs> for a person in Nickelback. <laughs> yeah, I know. Uh, Chad Kroger's the lead vocalist, by the way. Um, so all of the music, uh, was written by Chad Kroger, or most of the music, I should say. Um, all of the lyrics were by Chad. Um, and... Uh, there were a couple of songs, some of the more quote unquote successful songs off the album, uh, were written by Jeff Boyd. Uh, I don't remember exactly who Jeff Boyd is, but I'm assuming some producer type. Um, so there are a lot of different places we could start this conversation. Um, but I'm wondering initial reactions for those who listened to some of the music
1: um i listened to a little bit it's kind of what i expected from a 96 album you know like mm-hmm. of this time and what the world was like at that time like musically um mm-hmm. i wasn't like blown away um but do you remember what it, songs you listened
2: to by the, the way f-
1: the first two i can't even remember what they're called because again like yeah um, but it, it felt like it didn't have that pop feel that the albums you hear on the radio have and like mm-hmm. almost playing it safe vibe. Like this kind of did feel like, oh, these are new people writing music and this is what they have to say. It's not like super crazy deep, but it's not like super bland either, I guess.
2: Yeah, yeah, there, there are very... Yeah, you picked up on some stuff. Uh it it's not very poppy. Um it actually has like very specific genre tinges of like uh like Southern Grunge and and some other things. Uh but yeah, so you listen for, for the audience, uh the first two songs are Little Friend and Pusher. Mm-hmm. Both very interesting song titles. Pusher when you uh, compare, he, he says compare Pusher in the, the song
1: and I was like, What a weird like word. Like what a bizarre <laughs> word to say. And sing. Yeah. Um, no, that's as far as I got, though. What about you, Andres? Yeah.
0: I listened to the whole thing kind of in the background. Um, so I got absolutely zero from the lyrics, if I'm being honest.
2: That's totally fair.
0: Uh, I, for context, I, I do like 90s grunge uh and know a little bit about it probably more than just your average person that doesn't give a shit about music um i i am also a pretty decently big fan of the pearl jam album 10 and <laughs> this album felt like somebody heard that album and tried their best that meme let me see your homework just copy it so the teacher doesn't know it's literally (laughs) that with like Pearl Jam and Alice in Chains
2: like (laughs) yeah
0: (laughs) it it wasn't really what I was expecting like there's some pretty cool guitar tone on it that I liked but there's some really disgusting drum tone on it I don't know. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that is on the list of things to talk about actually <laughs>
0: there's one song towards the end where it's like oh my god what is this and there are a couple songs that I straight up rip off a couple pearl
1: jam melodies <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. do you know um what other album came out in 1996 that I listened no, to, me. I've been listening to recently. Um, Weezer's Pinkerton came out in 1996. <laughs> I don't know why that blows me away. Um, I've been on a big Weezer kick recently. Uh, spoilers for yet another recommendation. I'll probably be doing, <laughs> um, oh but God. like doing a Weezer episode. <laughs> we are for sure doing the Blue Album. <laughs> There's like no way I'm oh, not doing okay, it. okay, <laughs> that's fine. Um, I. Sorry for this tangent, audience. Go listen to Bill Bud's Tober. You will learn a lot about how shitty Rivers uh, Cumbro is. He's pretty terrible as a person, and you feel real bad for him. Uh, But speaking of terrible
2: people, (laughs) tell me more about Chad Kroger. So, Chad has had some problems. Um, I'm interested to hear about this. Um, So... Chad Kruger has a very bad problem of being terrible to um terrible to any music professionals who are like assisting with tours uh for the band. He's also a very much a bro um in like the most characteristic sense of the word. Really? Which <laughs> which I mean like that's intimately tied with all of their music but in particular their like yeah which i think is is such a strange thing for like a canadian band to be taking i'm um, not that i'm a huge nationalist type of person but like canadian band taking from like grunge and like southern rock yeah into like into weird, that space it's so strange
0: there's weird tinges of like southern rock and country in this as- yes that i completely <laughs> forgot they're canadian <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre
2: yeah um yeah chad kroger has just had like a he's he's noted on in the musical professional world as being like notoriously notoriously difficult to work with um and we i mean he it's not like he's done blackface or anything um so like nothing <laughs> that like immediately cancels but uh he's just not that but, good of a person yeah or he's just yeah difficult. and that's kind of okay like <laughs> it's it's hard i mean it's like it brings up the question of like where where does the line between the people and the the art that the people make get drawn um it would be much worse if if you know chad had like gone and shot a family or something but uh, that is not this Many. conversation. <laughs> uh, what is? Th- <laughs> so the spectrum so, of <laughs> it's spectrum, right? That's pretty bad, right? That's pretty bad. Familial um, murder, blackface,
1: kind of an ass. <laughs> Familial murder, um, blackface, chooses his mouth
2: open, <laughs> like that's the spectrum we have. Yeah. Um. Oh my the- god. The okay so so the music itself is like andres was pointing out is super influenced by like grunge and uh, tinges of southern rock and perhaps my biggest problem with this album is not the fact that it feels like it's being written by folks who are just learned like like new to writing music within a certain genre but that it comes off as very ingenuine in doing that um Mostly because of its, uh, maybe the best way to do this would be to play a little bit of the first song on the album. (laughs) There's not even a curb on this album art. It's true. So let's listen to the first track off of Nickelback's album, and I would love to, um, while we're listening. Try to pull as much as you can from it, and then we'll talk about it.
1: Eyes closed.
2: Ears are open.
1: I am a preschool teacher demanding attention from my students.
2: (laughs) (laughs) All right. (laughs) Okay, here we go.
1: Songs about a murderer. Let's talk about that. This song is... the the lyrics indicate this man has a imaginary friend in his noggin that he is using and consulting with to steal people, children, and murder them. <laughs> what what makes you say children? He literally says, "Manhunt to find your daughter," and then, "I've got a little uh, friend." (laughs) A little, the little friend can either be the friend, like her, or like in his head, his little friend. I assume, I just assume it's always terrible. Oh, she won't get much older. A thing you could also say to a person, but usually you don't say that. It's usually to a child you say stuff about their age. Um yeah that's a very weird thing to pick for your opening song into your first album like and that isn't like death metal like cr- like uh, songs that typically have this kind of connotation of like w- we're cannibals and this is our song like first <laughs> right. of all write that down man you should write that song <laughs> second of all um, <laughs> there are bands have written it <laughs> damn it um, and second of all like
2: I don't know like I haven't... Yeah, yeah, the on just like without even talking about other genres, other artists, right? As a song itself, it comes off not uh, the lyrically it comes off not so great. Um it's like a little like even with the grunge tinge to it, it's like okay. This is it sits in this weird place between like extremely edgy and a little too vague um that that feels a little like well i i can appreciate the artsiness of that it doesn't it's like not that great to me um and i know andres probably has more to say about uh where the lyric lyrical inspiration comes from here andres as
1: a murderer yourself how do you (laughs) (laughs) that's
2: not what i meant
1: (sighs) uh it
0: it's very grunge canon to talk about things like that, like murder. Uh, the, the Nirvana song Polly is about a very similar thing of mm-hmm. basically just the, it's based off an article of somebody who kidnapped a girl and just, Basically tortured her to death, I think. Aww, and that's yeah. pretty standard grunge lyricism. There's mm-hmm. usually a little more to say, though. I I don't know <laughs> this. This feels edgy. Like
1: yeah, yeah. this this feels like
2: it's it feels just like all, trying yeah. shock value, but not even yeah. like like all you got from it was enjoyment of the process it's not like making a critique um of anything it yeah. feels like it's it feels like it's mostly like look at this look at the situation how do I
1: scare people into thinking that we're cool
0: yeah I think it's the yeah it's the small tinge of Southern rock that I think gives it that vibe of like when you f- first hear that opening riff, you are kind of wondering, are they going to talk about sleeping in
2: mud or are they going to talk about <laughs> right. their truck? Like... <laughs> 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 and, and one of the things about, so, so riff wise, everything, I don't know, the, the, the entirety of this album screams like Southern and or grunge. and, the guitar work on the album is almost like someone who's like learning specific pantera riffs but is just adapting the chords <laughs> yeah. from them like they're just like oh i know this chord i'm going to play it like this and i know this chord i'm going to play it like this i know the tone and i'm going to use that but it feels it feels like someone was like i want to be dime bag and then like yeah that's it maybe <laughs> uh Maybe
0: that's the issue with Nickelback is that it sounds like your friend of a friend's band that just somehow made it big and they shouldn't <laughs> have like they sound but, like they Yeah. like they should be playing bars to people who just
2: wanna Request country songs
0: on the inside.
2: <laughs> yeah, it feels like a cover. Uh, really, this this album feels like a cover band album, uh, without any of the like awesome music uh that cover bands would cover. Um, specifically, like a southern, like I don't know. There's like elements of grunge. You get like a little bit of like the Stone Temple Pilots thing sometimes, especially in the vocal lines. It's like, yeah, oh.
0: I think. Stone Temple Pilots brings up a pretty, because they're kind of a bit of contention. A lot of people say early grunge is typically where the good stuff is and that after Nirvana really broke big, they everything went down <laughs> the toilet. Yeah, Stone Temple yeah. Pilots kind of rides that line, I know. Like, music critics still like them, but they also are just kind of like, eh, some of these songs. But the album, or the bands that usually get pushed onto are, like, Bush. <laughs> <laughs> They're usually the main, Bush. the main dudes.
2: Yeah. And another thing about just what we listen to right now, just so we can, like, dissect a little, is the vocal line... Every time I hear it, I think of the Warpig's melody. Yeah. Every time.
0: I didn't want to bring that up specifically because I tend to make weird connections,
2: but... (laughs) (laughs) It was, like, so... And and that's when I first heard that, I was like, oh, okay, like, a a middling guitar-y album, a middling grunge album from Nickelback, which is already sort of weird, then gets is is straight up adapting a melody like just basic uh, like like the cadences are the same but the notes in the particular places are a little different and and i'm like oh maybe this album like i was like okay i'm gonna give it more of a listen and chad kroger bless his heart uh (laughs) some of the vocals are just a little like I don't know. It almost comes off as imitation, like just like an unflattering imitation of like the the grunge vocal aesthetic, and that's one of my biggest gripes of the album. Is it feels like it's trying, but then it falls flat, like on every aspect of the of of the music, except and maybe it, like is some it, of the lyrics. I
1: are know. are we? I don't think we're even saying it as in like these guys are not good and. Thanks for trying. It's more like these guys didn't put the heart into it. Is that what you're trying to come across as saying? I I I, don't. It's a little bit of both. Yeah, because it definitely feels like was this kind of like oh we we made a band on a dare and we made some money and
2: kind of just kept going. Like (laughs) that's I mean that's a little bit at what I'm getting at. Uh, musically, okay. So knowing what I know about Nickelback now. How the music is written, uh, the production value behind their biggest hits, etc. I'm like, okay, like let's let's pick that, let take take that in into perspective, back to the early stuff. And it sorta just paints a picture of like genre adaptation for profit. I don't know. To me that's what it feels like. But a lot of the songs off this album have problems like this where it's like it's really messy in a variety of ways and talking about the drums in particular uh i heard like one snare tone in a song that sounded like it was supposed to be in a hardcore group it was so high pitched yeah i was like what is this (laughs) it was bizarre
0: i'm gonna try to find what song it is real quick but
2: yeah, please do. I think it's I think it's like uh It's towards the uh, end, I know. Win- sure. it's like wi- I think it's window shopper. Baby, you but... window shopper. <laughs> <laughs> the Alexi, I posted the lyrics for I was reading along. Yeah. Yeah, I, was... I posted the lyrics for Pusher as well, which is also what you listen to. Pusher. And I'm wondering like what do you get out of Pusher having perused the lyrics a little bit? And some say, "Why you follow
1: with something so long?" I don't know, man. I I feel like I sat in Dune, and I feel like I had to finish it. Uh, I feel like he's <laughs> talking to me directly about my experience with Dune.
2: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh,
0: yeah, it's window shopping.
1: Sweet. <laughs> These all just feel like generic ideas you see at the beginning of uh, at the beginning of a poetry book,
2: but the poet- poems never finished that and that's my biggest problem i feel like uh with with the lyrical content it it doesn't i feel like a lot of the lyrical content doesn't really say anything in this album or is trying to allude to things that are just chari- like archetypes in in grunge aesthetic
1: i need i don't ask much anymore okay that's something right that's like i have needs but it's it's hard for me to open up i found i found something yeah End of chorus
2: that's a chorus there's but no <laughs> there's no
1: more there's no like i and it, it's it, within me i'm a it's not even like an american like i'm the ideal man blah 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 oh it's not even like i found this girl and she did it or i found my new pickup truck and blah 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 i have a dog. like there's no yeah it's it's middling to me again it's, it's one of like, those people who are annoying and ask a question but they don't like they're like I'm not here to answer your question. I'm just here to watch you debate about it. And you're like, oh fucking shit, dude! Like, why don't we <laughs> hang out with
2: you, bro? Like, <laughs> yeah, I mean, like to follow the chorus going into the second verse. Uh, after I found something, yeah, it's and why do you see me in this way? The way that I did, I gave him the the means to the ends. Yes, I did. I bothered not to believe in this way. The way that I did. I made him just to see in this way. The way that I did. Yeah, yeah. It, it's like, it, it it's it's just like uh I'm I'm all for I don't know weird what poetry. are talking about? Yeah, like yeah, but it but doesn't it doesn't communicate a lot. Um, it doesn't
1: even create images in my mind. Yeah. Right, right. Like yeah, that's I gave him the means to the ends. Okay. Uh, what do you next t- line? What what means, next line? Right? What Yes, means? I did. Like you're just reaffirming that you did something but we don't even know what the end like it means the end of, like is this a is this a lyric that God wrote and he's saying he basically forced God to kill himself? Like is that what this is? This is the only <laughs> like crazy library probably can come up with. I don't know. I don't even know what to do with this yeah. with these lyrics. Yeah. Yeah. I it definitely
0: Definitely brings up the later grunge, just kind of what the fuck was going on, because it's very obvious that people probably saw this happening whether or not Nickelback started because, I mean, they obviously are wearing their Influences on their sleeves, whether or not they just started because oh, we want to be cool
1: rock stars or mm-hmm. whatever. He literally has a song called Rockstar. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. <laughs> that the lyric um, is
2: "I want to be a rock star," <laughs> and there's also "I want to kiss a dia." I was gonna
1: mention that line too, <laughs> and I had no idea how to get to it. I'm so glad you did.
2: <laughs> like, I'm not
0: sure what the what the whole meaning behind starting this band was Um but it's definitely the reason why they're popular is because they were able to achieve that like accessible sound that's still heavy or whatever that grunge kind of promised mm-hmm. but what people overlook from the super highly regarded bands like Nirvana and Alice in Chains and Pearl Jam is that they all like actually really cared about their music. Like Eddie yeah, Vedder yeah. and Lane Staley have beautiful voices. Uh, Kurt Cobain, I mean, all of them really cared about their lyricism. <laughs> like yes, they, yeah, deeply. They maybe they weren't the best guitarists and only really take from a super punk aesthetic where it's just a bunch of chords but I, they deeply cared about their music and the fame just kind of was secondary at least that's the romantic way of putting it i i've heard that like kurt cobain did put a lot of thought into his image and stuff like that which is perfectly fine but,
1: which but, makes sense once you have an image to take care of yeah, it's that yeah I mean yeah, it, but yeah. It,
0: it makes a lot of sense and that's why people think he's so fucking cool is because he wanted to be so fucking cool <laughs>
2: yeah and yeah
1: it almost feels like the opposite maybe, maybe this is a bit overstepping with my two songs I've heard from Nickelback maybe you guys <laughs> really just wanted to catch
2: that cool fame and I, I have something on that train of thought. So uh, a friend of mine... Um, Chad from Kroger. In, <laughs> from over here in Connecticut. From over here in Al- um, Hannah, Alberta.
1: My friend Chad Kroger. <laughs>
2: has, uh, has... Was talking to me about about Chad Kroger and Nickelback because they, they adopt... They, they have this cool project where they take... uh They're inspired by music that is controversial in some way and like because of Nickelback's like hyper p- present uh country grunge pop aesthetic which a lot of people come to hate on Nickelback for um they 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 do some work with them uh with that type of aesthetic in their music but the reason I brought them up is because they pointed this out to me I'm going to share my screen and I'm going to sh- show you um going to show you a side by side yeah, I'm gonna remind you. Okay, so this is Chad Kroger in in the early 2000s. Enemy spotted. <laughs> this is Kurt
1: Cobain. Yes, Manny. All white people look the same. I don't know why you keep no, telling this us this narrative and why you keep forcing <laughs> us to. That's not the point. Blame. My my
2: my my point is that like this is this look was a very important look in like their advertising of the band. Um newer Chad Kroger does not look like this. Newer Chad tra- like, oh yeah, we got like a new version of Chad Kroger in the in the backyard. No. Uh this is <laughs> Chad Kroger now.
1: Um I'm trying to find something about Nickelback's inspiration. You know, like hey like mm-hmm. I want Nickelback to talk about their like roots and stuff, because I mean, this could be a guy who like, hey, he looks exactly like Kurt Cobain because he was a huge
2: fucking Kurt Cobain fan. That's no, but that's the idea. That's part of the yeah. the thing is like, there's a or huge influence, I yeah. think. And it just doesn't,
1: it, just cause you like something doesn't mean you have it, you know, like, yeah. I love I mean, Ratatouille, it, yeah. doesn't that's mean you like, know how to
2: make Italian dishes. That's wh- wh- what Andres was saying about the motivation. Like, yeah. when you go as far to, like, make sure you look like one of the icons, one of the, the newer icons of a particular genre space um, that, like, defined the genre, was sort of like a superstar of the genre, It it can come off disingenuous when, like, I don't know. I don't know. It's just, like, something about the album doesn't, it doesn't, like, reach it, and I'm wondering what the motivation is there, too, you know? It feels it feels strange it seems
0: like it was very i mean their influences are pretty on their sleeve like you can pick out so many things that they're just pulling from which is fine like i like music like mm-hmm. that honestly but it it's just missing something like it's missing any sort of new input
2: yeah, and and I, th- I mean, the one thing, on, on a more personal musical aesthetic-y side of things, um, for, for myself, um, going from this sound, which is probably more authentic to their inspiration, like more authentic to the reason they started getting into making music professionally, to photograph or to rockstar, it just feels like, like the art, like the epitome of of quote unquote selling out, um, which I don't know how to interpret because I don't know like Nickelback's entire catalog, but I do know that it was a sort of a gradual progression from like grunge to pop, and you know I think I think the thing we're all getting at is like we 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 don't want to be bullshitted in our. Uh, in like presenting yourself and adapting music um unless that's what you're going for i guess but yeah that's, that's that's my biggest gripe with the album is that it feels it feels like everything was uh as the cool kids say mid um <laughs> yeah mid and and weird and uh a little disingenuous even though it's sort of fun to listen to sometimes i mean like but but there's better versions of this out other places. Which
0: yeah, I was literally gonna say the few songs that I like, I kind of liked were just the Pearl Jam rip off songs. So I'll just go listen <laughs> yeah. to "Porch" by Pearl Jam instead.
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah. Alexi, what what's your perspective as as a as a enjoyer of Nickelback's newer stuff? As a
1: hold, well, let's not put title. <laughs> <laughs> As a person who knows like two songs, <laughs> um, first of all, I'd like to do a, a note that uh, they wrote the theme song for the first Spider-Man movie, Hero. Yeah, I
2: remember that. Um, yeah,
1: that's hurtful. That's hurtful for my heart. Oh, um, uh, I don't even remember if I like that song.
0: I want uh, a I don't hero
1: know. to save. Hero save. to say Not gonna me. tell Not gonna you. Tell away. Yeah. Um. You know, I. I think it's very. I, I. I think it's very interesting how much we don't really know about these people. Mm-hmm. Um. And looking through the Wikipedia um you you just don't hear too much about these guys and i guess that's to me where i can kind of agree to like you know just like okay it doesn't
2: yeah Yeah. feels
1: genuine or like real or something like he played guitar for when he was 13 he sings they have a band they made a band they weren't just like yeah they weren't put together produced they weren't formulaic and created you know which would make more sense. Like, this yeah. is a band that has just kind of become like a here, you're the rock band. We're going to give you songs and you're going to make music for the rock people. And they go, love it. We'll take that money. Blah, 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 blah. It, it's just like, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what else there is to say, but it's like, I don't want to make a bunch of like weird deductions about <laughs> that I'm going into because I'm definitely getting to parts where I'm just like, they're not industry plants, but they're not... not, they're kind of just, mid people who made success and that's like in a way fine but like it's just confusing there's also like no real way yeah it's like where where is this how did this go i wonder i, I guess i just don't understand how did they get to so many albums <laughs> like they have they have one, a lot two, of albums <laughs> one two three four five six seven eight yeah oh upcoming 10 studio they have 10 albums you know Mm -hmm. like i don't know how the music business works i don't know if it's just like yeah you can just use this rental space you're on our label we'll make money like who who kept seeing these guys when i was like you're gonna keep doing it and you're gonna make some money and then when did they start making money and how did they just like what are we missing? Is it just that the later stuff is so much better and like first albums kind of are doo-doo kaka excluding of course Weed's Blue Album one of the best albums of all time which we'll talk about later date. But like what do we do? Like I don't know. I don't know what to say about this. It's just kind of like what is Nickelback? Who are they? Why why do I care? No, I
2: don't. Why do they keep coming up? Like that and yeah, that's that's a big part of this is like the they have such cultural relevance to the point that they're memified, right? They're it's a mimetic thing. And, and there was, I definitely came into this Manny
1: thinking, I'm like, are we gonna be bullying these guys? Maybe they're not as bad as we think they are. And then you listen, and you're like,
2: maybe these guys fucking deserve all this. Shit. <laughs> and part of it is sussing that out, right? Like, like if we're gonna unsuss something, we still great name drop. We still got a great fucking
1: name drop right there. If we're gonna unsuss something, oh we God. still got to
2: suss the the things that need to be sussed in order to unsuss it. So, um.
1: In that, in an interview yeah. in 2014, Kroger commented that the criticism helped him grow a thick skin, and that without it, they would just be, they would be this just whatever band. But dude, that's kind of what you are. <laughs> like, fuck. <laughs> that's
2: some that's some real shit you just said. Mean, mean <laughs> for me to say. I've never
1: made any music. I'm, I'm just being. An no, asshole. I, I mean, I like it. But um, that,
2: that's uh, just <laughs>
0: literally the basis of criticism. It's like you sometimes right, right. have to listen to get better. Mm -hmm. And the whole thick skin argument is always just kind of like, well, maybe, maybe you're right. Maybe you're just completely ignoring something like,
2: Mm -hmm. yeah, finding, finding the heart of the situation is real difficult.
1: In May 2013, the readers of Rolling Stone magazine named Nickelback the second worst band of the 1990s. Behind only Creed.
2: (laughs) (laughs) And and that's another thing is like, it's the the hate that Nickelback gets. It's justified and and unjustified in very particular ways. Like they probably get too much, but like some of it is very well-deserved. I wonder if it's like this. Is it the two songs I'm like kind of okay
1: with are the singles off the album. (laughs) Right. And is it like other pop artists... Which I would consider Nickelback to be a kind of a pop artist. Yeah, I agree.
2: Later Nickelback that, for sure. Yes, yeah.
1: That they are just—they're just as good as their singles. Very rarely, if you deep dive into their album, does it come out as good as it is? Like there, here's the good songs we made off this album. There's twelve songs on it. Two of them are good. The other ten are filler. Like, is that? you know i don't know if that's fair to say about all pop music ever but like sometimes that's just how it is
2: yeah and industry industry songwriting has that problem um it's gotten better the because producers have gotten much better at writing music uh like everyone in every genre space um but dude hold on this is wild i'm still reading more of this reception thing um in march
1: 2019 u.s representatives mark pokin which is Wisconsin's second congressional district since 2013 mm-hmm. and Rodney Davis, American Republican politician of Illinois, 13th congressional district since 2013, got into a friendly debate of the merits of the band while speaking on the floor of their house representatives. It is such a meme. Even the goddamn old white politicians are making fun of them. Like that has to say something <laughs> that has to say something. I don't know what it's saying. I don't know if it's important to hear what they're saying. It's saying something. Like, Maybe they <laughs> just
3: oh like,
0: God. Maybe them being the heel of the like Go rock music. music is just how they're relevant. Like, they're so middle-aged. It's so tragic. Like,
1: you know how it's like there's the god, know, she said it perfectly with the heel. Oh my god, I lost it. But yeah, I think it's <laughs> the music supposed to be anti-establishment, and then it became establishment. That's that's part of the tension, I think. Anti-establishment a as a heel is like, that's awesome. That's fucking... Who does the RKOs?
0: Uh, Randy Orton. <laughs> yeah,
1: Randy Orton's <laughs> such a fucking villain. It's cool. These guys are supposed to be villains in anti-establishment, and it just didn't work, and they became pop artists, and they're not even that good of pop artists.
2: That's yeah. part of it, yeah. It- oh,
1: my God. Call Barack Obama.
2: <laughs> we figured it out. We figured it out. <laughs> uh andres you i think on i think out of all of us andres probably has like the the most experience with like southern rock and grunge only because you know a lot more about pearl jam than i do (laughs) Um, (laughs) and uh i'm like very well versed in stone temple pilots but but like even so this album in particular Does it do anything for you beyond, like, hint at other artists?
0: Not really. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, The the guitar tone's kind of cool. I liked that. Mm -hmm. Like, Mm -hmm. when I was listening, the albums that I don't like really are really just the ones that when I listen to it, I space out and then just think, like, I listened to five of the same song basically. What What Did I Just <laughs> yeah. Do? This album didn't do that to me, like Wow I could,
2: Wow, that's that's good. I could tell it did that like, to me.
0: It was doing it a little bit, but there's enough variation where it was just kinda like eh. I, I wouldn't listen to this again, but it's not not bad like if somebody played this i wouldn't tell them like please just turn this off or
1: <laughs> it truly is the terror of being mediocre yeah right like, right right yeah i don't hate this
2: <laughs> i don't feel anything yeah,
1: there's, there's <laughs> nothing to get from
0: it there's i looked at the lyrics to pusher and my initial response was i I got
2: nothing from this. Like (laughs) Yeah. yeah. That's uh and that's unfortunately like through that's characteristic of the entire album. Like I did I was like looking through lyrics and I was trying to identify the only the only other thing about this album since we will never talk about this album again probably (laughs) is Curb the title of the of the album and also the uh title song off the album is inspired by Kroger's childhood friend who got in a car accident uh with another driver and the other driver in the car accident was uh Kroger's friend's girlfriend and his friend killed her. Jesus. So yeah. So like and oh, and if you look at God. the lyrics of curb it doesn't even do that it doesn't even tell the story like like per- like pearl jam so frequently does with their music that has narratives and is inspired by stuff it doesn't even that, do that
1: <laughs> that hurts my heart cuz it feels just disrespectful mm. it feels it feels just like i'm going to take this tragedy and use it for my own schemes like that that's a happens and that's like (laughs) it's so disrespectful
2: like it's so like yeah rude it is it's very rude (laughs) um if you do it in a way that like honors is one thing but like if you're like hey we made these songs about how we feel and we're sad
1: so we're dedicating to this person because he made us feel this way blah blah Mm -hmm. blah we're gonna even don't uh, like there's so much you could do to that's better (laughs) yeah i'm
2: gonna i'm gonna be really unfair here Compare Curb off of this album to Last Kiss and tell me the comparison and it will be ex- Last Kiss by, by Pearl Jam. It will be night and day. Uh, Last Kiss is a very similar thing. Uh, and lyrically, musically, I I, I I can be brought to tears when listening to Last Kiss. I couldn't really even... St- get some of the emotions that are trying to be communicated through curb so and it both has people dying in car accidents so
0: i don't know i mean even the pennywise song bro him which is like as (laughs) ridiculous as it gets to like attribute to your fallen friends like even that feels like there's some emotion behind that (laughs) like Even if it's literally just a bunch of dudes going, whoa, whoa, whoa Like <laughs> they <laughs> they obviously are trying to write a tribute to
2: to their dead friends. <laughs> yeah. Uh so sorry Chad if you're listening. If you want to come on the podcast, uh that would be yeah, really funny. <laughs> Honestly. But
0: uh Chad That'd be pretty cool <laughs> if you if you want to come on the podcast and like personify yourself, it seems like a lot of the hate for Nickelback is because you purposely don't do that like it you <laughs> want i think I think they want Nickelback to be where they're at like just the butt of the joke because it gets them it gets them known That's how
2: people know about but- Nickelback they're laughing all
1: the way to their mansion or like yes, exactly. decently upscale decently upscale house probably.
2: R- rockstar happened for them i it's 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 a caricature song it's like a joke but it happened for them so uh so come make a fool of hey, yourself man. chad
1: i'm i'm gonna say it's just 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 to weenus us off the top open invite for just about most people to come on the podcast and just talk about whatever mutant they're making, whatever they want to do. If they want to suss something out and talk to us about it, they want us not on the pod and they want to just take over the pod for a week and edit it. I don't think many of us would have objections to that. (laughs) You can totally do that. Send over your episode. (laughs) Yeah, that's fine. Um, (laughs) We'll see how that goes. Uh, But uh, Hey, I have a terrible tangent and I don't want to do it. But speaking of car accidents, Andres can you tell us about Love Live. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't like what I said, but I said
2: it. Yeah, let's do it. All right, uh, let's
0: get into the last topic. Uh, I recommend or anti-recommended the movie Love Live, the school idol movie. Uh, mm. <laughs> when. There is kind of a history here. Um I in my peak anime consumption days which were a couple years ago, I got super into slice of life anime through Kyoto Animation and K-On became pretty quickly one of my favorite anime ever.
2: Shout out to
0: uh, Keani. Yeah. Uh I absolutely I absolutely love Kon. And I kept seeing people say, hey, you know what is comparable to k on <laughs> on websites like Reddit? They would constantly say, Oh man, I love Love Live and Kon because they're so it's such wonderful stories about friendship. K-On! is uh, possibly <laughs> one of the best stories about friendship out there, and Love Live is pretty generic in that aspect. If I do say so myself, this is this is the opinion of me. I don't. You can think whatever you want about it because I've been getting in trouble with people for expressing my opinions on media lately but uh
2: and uh, that goes for i think that goes for all of us today you know <laughs> oh, <yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> man
0: he's getting in twitter fights also um, oh
2: yeah sorry about that
1: <laughs> i get in i get in in person arguments with people <laughs> yeah um i i'll be
0: honest the first season of love live isn't horrible it's not it doesn't match the k-on even in the slightest but whatever i'll, I'll just run down the concept because you guys aren't really familiar with it so main girl Hon- honoka uh goes to a school that's going to be shut down because there's not enough people trying to enter, she gets two of her friends and says, we're going to be school idols to try to get more people to enter this. Uh, Gross. They they pretty much fail initially, but they're able to recruit.
1: (laughs) End of the show. (laughs) They just lose. This is real life.
0: I mean, they put on a performance like the student council doesn't want them to be school idols whatever there's a lot working against them two people show up and then it's like oh that sucks but we're still going to perform those two people end up joining them as long with another person and then they slowly build enough momentum to fill the full band of 9 people and then they find out about the competition, Love Live, uh, which is basically just a bunch of school idols competing against each other to see who's going to be more popular. First season basically ends when Honoka gets sick and still tries to perform and collapses, and then they get kicked out of the competition, even though they're building up steam. And Damn spoilers. Yeah, honestly, spoilers. I don't really care. (laughs) Yeah,
2: me me (laughs) neither.
0: I spoiled most of Dune. (laughs) Yeah, uh, so that, and then there's some weird thing about they end up saving the school, but one of her best friends wants to leave to study fashion abroad. And it's so weird, like it's it's just really thrown in last minute, and then the season ends with her meeting her at the airport, which I imagine it'd be pretty hard to get out of that. Like And it's all (laughs) happening in the middle of a school year. Like it's so weird. Oh my god. It's all very manufactured, which is kind of my main issue with Love Live, but
2: Mm -hmm.
0: all that stops, whatever. Second season Basic, basically the way every.
1: I love, I love. Audra, I'm so sorry. Just the idea of saying all that stops, and then which is such a great way. to It's say literally it. what happens.
0: She stops her at the airport, and it's just like, please don't go. And
1: then she's like, okay,
2: <laughs> that's it. <laughs> God, dude. That's... Hey, don't
1: follow your dreams. Yeah, yeah. Fuck your. dreams. Don't follow your dreams.
2: We're anti-dream friendship. We are an do pro friendship podcast. We so are a stupid, so... podcast, anti-dream podcast. So the second
0: season starts pretty similar to how the movie starts is they do this weird like semi fourth wall break where it's like there's another love live it's like oh <laughs> my god so so basically second season they do another love live competition they actually or there's like a little discussion about whether or not they're going to perform. And then they eventually do it. And the majority of it is them working towards becoming the best school idol group. The difference between k and Love Live in this aspect is K-On! The jo- it becomes a joke, basically, that they're going to make it big and play at the big dome in Japan, which is called the Budokan. Budokan uh, mm. there's like concert recordings from like Bob Dylan and like pretty massive musicians
1: there full um, circle with Bob Dylan okay, full <laughs> <circle>. <laughs>
0: but uh, they never make it and they, the point of Kon is that they realize that playing with each other is the most important part and the fun part of doing it my issue with love live is that like it's the whole thing is supposed to be about friendship, but they also become like the number one school idol group, which is weird
1: to me. I don't know. Like, like it just kind of like happens. Yeah. It's not just like a, is there any point of like a rival school? Is there any point of actual competition? Where's the the tournament
0: arc? That, that it's literally the entirety of season two. Like, They're just competing against the main group that inspired them to be school idols in the first place. Like it's very
2: that's that's a archetypal. It's very shonen esque. Mm -hmm.
0: Which is very strange about
1: Maybe I would like this show. It it's (laughs) just
0: so But it feels like it's supposed to be (sighs) Love Live is really weird because (laughs) It's very obviously marketed towards girls. Like, it's Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. like there's very little male characters, if any at all. And the Mm -hmm. one that I can think of, like, all the dads are never shown, like, their face. Like, only their bodies are shown for some reason. So. (laughs) <laughs> it's very obviously meant to appeal to girls, but there's also just like this really weird attempt to grab the audience that you see mainly on the internet, which is teenage to like 20-year-old males. It it's really weird.
1: I don't it's it it's well aware that they can Market it towards fanservice, which is what idols are, right? Like yeah. fan service for people, for the most part. Oh my god! But also, the- it
0: it's like a whole thing, like bringing up bronies. Like I don't think My Little Pony markets towards them. Like I think they just found no. it and were like, "Hey, we love this." Like there is just so many small instances of love live not knowing or trying to play at both sides like
2: that's fair it, yeah. it's really the, bizarre to me how how much of what we're talking about right now factors uh, or comes from the, the actual like teen idol culture in japan because like it's so, it is so popular and there are so many older, like, like, we're not talking like 20s, we're talking like 30s, 40s, like, yeah, older Japanese men who attend. Um, I'm sure and like that's,
0: that's what they're reaching for a little bit. Like, they want to be that essential McDonald's kid me- kid's meal for girls type market. While also mm-hmm. reaching out to that aisle of people because they know they're going to spend money on it, like that—that—that
2: that, that leaves a very bad. Well, okay, if even if you this don't is my consider
0: interpretation,
2: at least, yeah, even if you don't, even if you don't consider the ethical implications of like idol groups targeting a, a ma- older male demographic or whatever, like if you leave that out of the equation it still reads as like a very questionable marketing ploy to uh, an audience that really devalues it sounds like it devalues the the point of the show in a in a weird way right like if if it's if the core is friendship like i don't know shouldn't it be i focused on i that? think
1: this is first of all an initial thought we should have I want to, if we could, it'd be so funny to invite three other people who defend each of the topics we discussed. I would love that. It'd be really funny. I would love that. Really cool. Probably won't happen, but that'd be really funny. Um, Do that. Here's an idea. (laughs) Here's an idea. The idea of what Nickelback was eventually, like Nickelback, became this like idea for marketing, and it wasn't conceived that way. Um, I believe. I can easily, easily believe Love Live from the beginning was marketing. That they knew exactly who the audience becomes. Yeah. That, like, it, it, I just, that's how I've always seen it. That, like, yeah, this is for little girls, but they are the, they are not what's happening. Like, Pokemon is for the fans who just try and love the game so hard. And that's fine. It, yeah. They yeah. That's, you know, but then they're like, oh, we made the game for kids. And it's like, yeah, and that's your excuse for... Not developing the game and making it more adult forward so you can just make it easier. That's me, my cynical take on that one. I can easily see Love Live being like, look, we make hot anime girls and people will be so happy for it and they'll come see our concerts and it'll be great and it'll be, it's easy. It's not, we don't need to write any plot. No one cares about plot. (laughs) Just make, just make the exact opposite
2: of Dune and (laughs) then you'll make money. And that's that's how I've always seen this. There's there's a bit of that in what I've experienced too, just like a tiny bit. Um, so you can approach it from a couple of different angles. Uh, you could approach it from the anime side of things, which I won't I won't talk about. Instead, I'll I'll talk about uh, my experience with rhythm games, uh, which is a little relevant here. There's a rhythm game called Bang Dream Girls Band Party, and it's basically <laughs> Japanese are so funny when it comes to their titles. (laughs) And it's basically inspired by like the slice of life music idol group animes. Um, Now it doesn't necessarily uh, have the same problems that love Live does. And we'll probably touch on some of those problems coming up very soon. Um, But what it does is it definitely panders to that audience of like and it's a gotcha game too. So it's like we are going to put like the cutest girls, the, the They know they, they know yeah. exactly what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. It's like, okay, we're gonna make costumes the gotcha part of it. And it's like, okay, unlock this character with this costume. And and it's not necessarily a sexual thing. Um, but it is a Kawaii thing. Yeah. You know, Kawaii. No so and th- yeah. To me to
1: me it's so hard to separate that idea, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um because I, I just I don't know. It just I don't care for. It. I've never really been interested in, in the kawaii aspect of anything like this. So if I see that, my brain goes goes. That's from just to explain my point of view. That's where my brain goes to. I don't ever really care to be like, look how cute this is. Yeah. Isn't this awesome? I'm just like, yeah. Like, uh, I don't know. I don't know. It, I I my mind lets it get too gross mm. that what people view it as. It hurts my heart to know that um. Sunrise makes Love Live. Yeah,
2: mm.
1: I think Sunrise is being acquired by Bandai to just become Gundam Studios. Yeah. Oh,
2: interesting. interesting. Well, I think they're just
0: Bandai Studios now. Let's let's get off the weird tone. Okay, for now. that's fine. Because <laughs> uh, I can accept that. Whatever. Like, mm-hmm. I, I maybe not accepted it isn't really the word, but it's. <laughs> kinda of, it's unfortunately exactly how I imagined it would be when I watched it. Like it's like, mm. oh man, like I I was expecting a little more, but whatever. My fundamental issue with the show, I think, is that the first season I think does kinda care about narrative because they a lot of the early episodes are painting how difficult it is to be a school idol. Like, it shows them needing to run and be fit because you need to be able to sing and dance at the same time. Like, it shows, mm-hmm. it shows like some realistic struggles. And then the comedic timing of the show is always just really strange to me. Like, as soon as things <laughs> get serious, like they throw out the stupidest joke they can which is obviously a trope but like yeah. it it's not willing to look deeper into anything which is also one of those things it's like oh man this is unfortunately exactly what I thought it was going to be mm. um, my real main issue with the show is that You can kind of feel the care for anything but probably selling some gotcha stuff just decline from thing to thing. Like, first Mm. season probably had some, some like narrative that it wanted to follow. Second season is very, feels like to me, oh, the first season killed we got to follow this up or maybe they knew the first season was going to kill. So they're like, we're following this up for sure. So I didn't really look at how long it was between things. And then the movie is to me the strangest low of the low because the way the second season ends narrative wise is they Three of the girls are seniors, so they're gonna. The school year's over; they're gonna graduate, and they all decide, "Hey, we're gonna break up the band. Let's." Or, the whole band is about us being together. Cool. Um, what ends up? They like do last performance. Whatever. The movie starts from that point. And instead of looking at any other part of the story and digging deeper or whatever, the movie starts where the second season ends. And then it's like, hey, you're not done. You guys need to go fly to New York to do something on TV for the US to explain school idols. And then there's a dome competition. Another love live competition that's bigger in scale and
2: everything like that. That must be a big slap to the face in terms. Sorry, sorry to interrupt. The big slap to the face when you compare it to to K on a little bit.
0: <laughs> that's why. That's literally my whole issue with this is that it gets compared to K on, and it's nothing like K on. The only
1: it sounds like watered down version of it all. That's like
2: probably that's probably brand. generous. <laughs> it's just... It sounds almost like, like I, an I'm, affront.
1: <laughs> like, oh, take that concept and make it make money. Okay, cool. That make it so you can make money off it forever. Kon
0: is massively successful in Japan yeah. though. It it like I think at one point was the highest grossing DVD of any anime
2: or something like that. Like and and the figurines are extremely difficult to find, both in the U.S. and in Japan. They're like really expensive. So Kon like... is super
1: popular.
2: <laughs> oh, it's gotta be. Uh, I don't know. This
1: is just maybe Sunrise's attempt to ride that wave, to ride that post-grunge wave. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I mean, Sunrise is Chad Kroger. Damn. Uh, but it it. The movie
0: itself is just so confusing because it just retreads the ground. Uh, So I'll just do a quick rundown of the plot. Uh, They get that notice. They go to New York. They spend a lot of time looking around New York and traveling, trying to figure out where they're going to perform. Somehow they end up in a empty times square i really want us to watch that performance because <laughs> it brings up the animation which is in my opinion it for the performances it usually goes to cg and it looks terrible oh. to me i don't it <laughs> looks really bad and it oh, the no. the movie for those who aren't familiar anime movies as a format are usually like Obviously a scale back in production length so they're able to put more time and effort and money into this single product. So movies as compared to TV shows, nine times out of ten look so much better. Like so much care yeah. so much more care put into them. This one feels like the show. Like it's very obvious that they didn't put any extra effort into it like the animation looks the same the cg looks pretty bad as it does in the show (laughs) like let me let me do an aside and look up look up where when this came out but because i really
1: want to put that context out there while you're looking that up andres i'm just gonna have have many from shows you've seen that switch from 2D animation
2: to, like, CG animation, have you seen any of them do it well? Um, I've seen... I can't think of any off the top of my head that do it, like, exceptionally well, but I do know that more more recent anime, the, the mm-hmm. point of that switching is to make it as seamless as possible, to, like, add a little bit of emphasis in certain ways or to make certain things move in certain fashions. So it's gotten better. Yeah, it's gotten much better,
1: but... I know I've seen some where like they make the monsters look CG, yeah, yeah, like in like some like action anime that I've seen, and it just like it takes you out of it. Cause you're just like, "There, that a fucking PlayStation One dragon? What is that doing here?"
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean the the where CG excels is in very very subtle changes to characters that like it's basically meant to like add some depth and some layering that you just can't get otherwise but and so as long as you don't draw attention to it as long as it happens behind the scenes it seems pretty useful but
1: can we get a bad example of this
0: a bad example of cg or yes i i actually have a good one hit us with a good one uh there's a lot of things in Kyoto animation things that you don't realize are CG right off the bat. There's specific scenes in Nichijou specifically that take mm. a really dynamic camera angle towards something oh, that yeah. that really yeah, yeah. that are obviously CG, but it's kind of done to a comedic effect, but also it's done pretty well. Like, like the characters go stiff or whatever, but it's also just kind of textured in a way where it doesn't feel any different.
1: Like, Mm -hmm. yeah, you, I think that's the main, the main point. Sometimes it's just like, like I'm looking through examples and there's like a classic pink haired protagonist girl and she's holding a gun. That's like super hyper detailed (laughs) comparison to like, you know but yeah it's like there's a way to do it well but I'm, i there's been a lot of them that just don't
2: more more bad than good i would say uh up until and it's gonna, very recently
1: new technology right new technology takes that time or using it that way so i don't know
0: okay so love live came out in the main run of love live came out from 2013 to 2014 so and the movie came out twenty fifteen so they were planning this That's to be pretty big I imagine like you mm. can't you can't produce multiple seasons of anime without thinking ahead like that you they they knew what they were doing uh let's watch some. Very strange (laughs) CG. Shall we? Let's do
1: it. Thank you. Uh,
2: for all of our listeners, we
1: we're gonna link this.
2: Will you can watch it on your own time. We will not tell you what we're saying. (laughs) You will just. We're gonna
1: watch Nickelback again.
2: (laughs) Nickelback CG. Nickelback anime. That's what we need. Oh God. I would watch the fuck out of that. Be real. The first
1: episode is based off that first song from Curb.
2: <laughs> this does scream moe. We'll just put that out there. I don't know what that means? Definitely. What does moe mean? Uh it's specifically like cute, oh, l- cute boy. young girl aesthetic, basically. Yeah,
1: no, I don't. I don't. I'm an old man. <laughs>
2: <laughs> it's so disorienting to see the 2D in and then. Uh, get bombarded with like a 3D side shot, that fucks me up. <laughs> in a bad way. <laughs> it it almost works, in my opinion. Also, the Times Square like it, thing fucks me up too. <laughs> it almost
0: works, but it also looks like a fucking video game. It, it looks like a pull yeah, from a mobile a,
2: exactly. game. Yeah, or like a cut, it's a cutscene. Yeah. <laughs> it's like a, it's a cutscene. Like I was, I was just saying the 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 two D looks, you know, looks great. It's 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 probably like you said, the same quality as the the, the uh, seasons. But the three D, when when you get a character coming in from the side that has three D, oh my god! It like it, it fucked with my depth perception a little bit. It was we, it was really wacky. Uh,
0: and that's kind of what all the performances look like. That. There's just some really weird things that go on in this. Like, the performances have nothing to do with anything that's happening in the plot. Like, they'll literally, look, literally yeah. just cut away to something. And, like,
1: it's a commercial.
0: Basically. And I, this is, like, supposed to be the turning point performance or whatever, because the next scene in the movie is them flying home when they get home they're literally on billboards like they're the most famous school idol group
2: ever there and was no plot there was like nothing to indicate that whatsoever there were no people in times square <laughs> it,
0: yes that's that's the really weird thing like that was a the, commercial the i
2: don't know how to say
1: it
0: the performance itself has no indication that anybody was even watching and then <laughs> and then all of a sudden they come home and they're the biggest act school idol act out there and that what and then that's messy that's really messy
2: <laughs> that's a messy thing to do
0: and then what happens after that is they're forced to reckon with oh we're huge but we're supposed to break up uh what do we do <laughs> And, oh, what a, and what then a problem. Som- somebody dares say, Hey, we could just be regular idols. We don't have to be school idols. And then everybody <laughs> and then everybody's just kind of like eh. it's like
2: what what's going on here? <laughs>
1: <laughs> what's the
2: problem? That's so unrealistic. Do the thing. Yeah, what that's yeah, so weird.
1: Oh uh, that that it just sounds like What is the next logical step? Okay, make that into a problem for (laughs) no real reason. Like, okay, we could just become school. Oh, I don't want to. I want to go to like fashion school. That makes sense. That could have some deep nuance of like, if you show previously the entire time, like this character, she loves doing this, but like she has other, she she did the designs for the outfit. She She literally does. She's the
0: person that makes all the costumes. (laughs) Like, and she leaves to be fashion because. They fucking failed and aren't going to love live or whatever, but she has aspirations to do something else. It's like, cool, that makes sense. But like the entire second half of this movie is them just being like, oh, should we break up? We're we're massively famous right now. And then the rivals- You don't want
1: to ride this high for a little bit? make some money and then pay for all the schooling we need? <laughs> no. Wow. The rival
0: school idol group eventually like reaches out to them and is like, "Hey, we're going to keep going even though some of us are graduating. Like, we're just going to do that. You guys are pretty important to this whole love live thing happening. Can you like at least do another performance and then They all get the idea, hey, let's perform together and then see what happens.
2: And then... (laughs) And then they... It it sounds very shallow, or like very, not shallow, but hollow. It's like a very hollow plot that's happening, unraveling. (sighs) Hollow live.
0: What basically ends up happening is the, the main characters, their group They stand strong which is cool whatever. They're like yeah we're still gonna break up but the reasoning is so bizarre it's just like we're breaking up because we wanna be school idols and school (laughs) idols are important to us. We don't give a shit about other idols
2: like (laughs) it's like what difference does it make? That's so weird. It's it it almost leads me to believe like that some of the other motive behind it is is specifically the 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 school idol the young idol thing um i know that that's probably not the case but like there's no other logical conclusion like why would anyone like is it trying to be like poetic like like oh like this part of our lives is is the thing we're trying to capture but I think that's what it's supposed to be, but it just ends up not making
0: sense. Like, <laughs> what difference does it make? I, is, am I missing something? <laughs> like, I, and I, a note I had after watching this is I swear you could die from a drinking game of any time they say school, from drinking every time they say school idol towards the end of this it's just like they they're just talking about this concept as if it's like some super magical thing and it's like sure i get that's the point of this show whatever school idols are magical but it it make, <laughs> like where's the jump between just a regular pop idol and a school idol what's the difference other than age and like
2: that's, that's what I was saying. <laughs>
0: there's nothing else in the show that ever like points to, hey, this person inspires me because they're or, there's nothing in the movie at least. I haven't watched the show in years. But there's nothing that points to them saying like, Hey, these people are as old as me, and I can't really relate to those other idol groups. But I love this one because they're as old as me. There's nothing like that. They just keep talking about school idols being the most important thing out there, and why? It doesn't make <laughs> sense.
2: Uh, that I mean, in that context, is, it it seems it's not even like is
1: it like a fear of growing up? Is like, can they? Did they ever use that angle of like, I don't want to leave school because then we have to we won't be friends anymore. Blah 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 blah. No.
0: That's the issue that I <laughs> uh, the reason why I love K-On is because that's literally what it's about. It's about growing yeah. up and being afraid. I mean, that's the entirety of the second season, whether you pick up on it towards like that's what it is. And then they make it very obvious at the end. But it's there the entire time. It's like, yeah i we're growing up you we're going to be separated and i'm really
2: afraid of that and it's and it's tied intimately to the beginning of the kaon story too you know like like it's like the friendship even though this is sort of what's happening in love live too but like the friendship aspect is completely derived around the the club yeah. you know so
0: I mean the reason they decide to break up is because in the second season if i remember correctly is because it wouldn't be the same without everybody but there's no mention of that here anymore like it's just so
1: weird what came out first K- K- K-On. kaon probably yeah
0: kaon yeah, was like know, 2009 to
2: 2011 and what were the, what was Love Live's dates again?
0: 2013 to 2015.
2: Yeah. So like, oh, great. We got some openings in the, in the idol space, even though that K-On's not, not really the idol-ish thing. But... K-On is not idol at all. Just <laughs> putting that out there. It yeah, does not I mean, fall
0: in that genre. It falls in the it only falls in thing... on rock,
2: like rock band genre. Yeah. Kind of thing, basically. They're all playing instruments in K-On, like.
1: Harmonics made K on, that's for sure.
2: <laughs> the The only way that I can rationalize some of the, the things is that uh the decisions being made in the plot, based on what you've said, is that it's really just like let's drill in the marketing aspect of this for whatever it's worth, you know? The, the like, way it
0: resolves is the The girls do break up, but this like last performance. As soon as they say they're breaking up, gets like a bunch of people to join in. So it's mm. I'll I'll show you guys. Are we gonna see some more CG? <laughs> oh, 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 it's a lot of CG, and it's even worse.
2: <laughs> Are there people at, at least this time? <laughs> there's
0: there's a lot of people,
2: no. and I hope that's no why it looks there.
0: so bad.
2: oh no man them wanting dynamic angles is destroying the what could be like pretty good animation like passable animation it's like the angles and needing the the cg just fucks it fucks it real hard like oh my god the hair don't look at the hair (laughs) because the hair has to be like one Are those alpacas
1: yeah Okay, you can just freeze-frame this. We don't need to watch anything else.
0: Oh my god, dude. (laughs) (laughs) So the way the movie ends is basically it cuts to I imagine it's probably two years later where all the girls are like fully graduated and Honoka's sister is running the club now and she's like she says something like, and thanks to one thing that I haven't mentioned yet, but uh, you know the, it's Greek, right? The symbol Mew.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: The band mm-hmm. name is Mew apostrophe S. And every time they say it, it's always Muse. Like the <laughs> fucking rock band. <laughs> So, so it's so it's so funny in that aspect, just like, oh, they don't know about Muse, do they?
1: Can they just redub this with Supermassive Black Hole and the dance? I, I, I would love that.
0: <laughs> I, uh, watching this the second time definitely lightened my opinion on the music because I definitely, the first time, was like, oh, man, this kind of sucks. But... <laughs> at least the music in this movie isn't bad i'll give it
2: that but yeah i mean the the music of the of idol idol music is generally pretty decent maybe everything else is questionable but but
0: yeah muse comes and saves the contest of love live uh, school idols are here to stay and the best thing in the world is basically how it ends. And then they talk about their final solo performance to some really bad CG because they need more <laughs> dynamic <laughs> angles. And then the movie just ends on a shot of their like practice clothing on the floor <laughs> for some reason. And it's it's a Uh, it's a significantly long shot. It's
1: they got Midsommar.
0: It's a
1: they just died out and mm -hmm. had like
2: a giant orgy in the. Oh, my God. It's a full two minutes
0: of just a still image being panned up.
2: That's a really weird choice. Like even a single picture of them, like a picture that they had of them practicing would have been way more effective than the clothing unless or, or if they the, were in the clothing, in the clothing, clothing and they're just like
0: laying there like like the classic anime shot of everybody just laying down like kind of asleep with their eyes closed like that's yeah, as that's generic that's anime true. as it gets but it would probably mm-hmm. work better than this like uh yeah the I can go on for a really long time about the plot not making sense. There's a no, don't. No, no, there's a no. character. <laughs> That's, I don't need. More. There's, there's literally a character that is not explained. People, basically, oh, like the cousin or something. She's like, it's like implied oh, yeah. she's the main character's future self or something.
1: She's like, oh. yeah, I remember this.
0: She's like the guide, guiding voice or whatever for her she basically what happens is Honaka gets lost in New York. She finds some random person busking, and then the person for some reason knows exactly where she's going they she gets unlost by meeting up with her friends at the hotel they're staying at, and everybody's like er she says like, "Oh, let me." Like there's somebody back there, like I need to talk to her or whatever. And they're like, We didn't see anybody. And it's just like, <laughs> What? What's going on here? And then the <laughs> iconic shot of her holding the mic stand and there being across there for some reason is just my God, favorite yeah, my favorite thing. And then Is
2: it like meant to be like guardian angel reference? Is that I like, think no so. No one walks
1: with that. No one covers their knees while walking. It, I don't know why that bothers me so much.
2: I've done it before, and I do not recommend it.
0: And then basically, she comes back one once she's having her crisis of whether or not to keep the band together, and then she tells, in the mystery busker's future guardian angel person tells her like you can fly you can do whatever you want <laughs> cut cut to the first scene of the movie where she just like falls into a puddle trying to jump over it and then and then magically is running less fast and is able to like jump over the puddle it makes no sense I <laughs> And then based on this that she tells him you can you can fly.
2: It
0: and then they decide to break up the band? I what what does that have to do <laughs> with anything?
2: Yeah, that seems like it had the opposite effect of what needed to be oh <laughs> what God. the Guardian Angel would have done. <laughs> uh, it yeah, it's it's strange and I wish it uh I'm reading comments on
1: Reddit about exactly this subject. Uh, when she was in America, she was real. But when she appears in Japan, she is not real. Um, you can see that... You can imply that this is part of her dream.
2: Damn, it's The Wire, dude. We're in The Wire right now. The cop show? No. Well, might as well be. thinking day. more... Present time. Present time, boy. It... And you don't <laughs>
1: understand.
0: It's a serious My experience.
1: opinion of Love Live is I I will never watch it. Um, I, I I have nothing else to say.
2: as As someone who's into it, I I as someone who who's into moe things that are done well, I wouldn't watch this either. <laughs> the plot is like a mess, and you can get your fix other ways. This is Moe no from Moe's Sick, and I think that's pandering. And I don't like <laughs> this feels just
1: like lowest effort possible. If you're gonna watch it
0: Love is... Live, just stop at the first season.
1: Damn. It's fine.
0: It it like actually they don't get what they want truly at the end. And then they learn a lesson from it. That's cool. Whatever. <laughs> it's not great, but I can deal with it. But <laughs> But the fact that they're like just this biggest thing and then for no reason other than they'd want to be school idols, not regular idols, they just throw it away. It's like, what? Why? (laughs) What? Like everything, every project from season one on just seems to undermine the, the other one. It makes... It makes no sense why you would purposely just go against anything that you had already done before. I don't...
1: I'm gonna ask people I know if they like Love Live and, and just see what they get out of it.
2: A lot of people have jumped ship uh, from it, but a lot of people have jumped on ship. So <laughs> The former fans of Love Live are the new fans of Dune. <laughs> oh my god uh well thanks
1: everybody for listening that's the greatest <laughs> joke i've ever made in my life <laughs> um i gonna be honest i think this is pretty fun uh simply because we got to like really look at things in a different aspect and not feel and have like multiple subjects and made me hate love live more than i already did like <laughs> hmm. and i'm also glad i got to hear other opinions about uh how Dune affected you guys because, again, I, I feel I didn't have much. Uh, the people I interacted with really loved it, and I just felt like I was an asshole for not liking it. Um, Validation. I
0: just have Nickelback, an issue
1: with a lot of great. new
0: movies, if I'm being honest. So, whatever.
1: Is Nickelback better than Jackass? Nah. Damn. No.
0: Damn. Nothing's an an entire, better than
2: Jackass. An entire Jackass movie that has Nickelback as the soundtrack. <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> um, for next
1: April Fools, yeah, let's I'm gonna it.
2: unrecommend. Let's do it. Th- <laughs> let's do it that way. I like that shit. Oh my god! <laughs> uh, next April Fools, we are gonna have a different format. Maybe.
0: Yeah, we'll try something different. Maybe. I don't know. It would be fun the to joke get. is we won't. <laughs> it would be fun to do
2: something else, but this is probably going to be yeah. what it is. <laughs> exactly. It would be fun to have a, have six people on and three people who really love the thing and three... And <gasps> a us. debate? Yeah, like oh. a little debate. <laughs> that would be we sort of cute. talk
1: about stuff. That would be pretty funny. It's not
2: really April Fool's, but...
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, April Fool's, whatever we want it to be.
2: Right. I'm a fool for you.
1: Let's hit plugs. Um susted
0: pod on everything.com. On everything.org. Watch K on. <laughs> we'll probably do um, an episode on it, but that that show
2: means a lot to me. <laughs> um go watch Aerial Experiments Lane. Uh yeah, that's my plug. Listen um, to
0: Pearl Jam instead of
1: Nickelback.
2: Yeah, that's a great plug. Go listen to Stone Temple Pilots.
1: Local business.
0: Go go yeah. watch Solo instead of Dune.
1: Yeah. So, hey, that's an opinion of Alexis we've established. <laughs> <laughs> go By <laughs> the mathematical properties of this episode.
2: Go read, go read Dune if you uh, are a huge fan of sci-fi.
1: Durs, are you going to go finish Dune? Do you think you'll finish it?
2: I'm, You know, all of this resurgence of everything has made me want to start reading again, but I don't know. I honestly don't.
1: Durs, know. are you going to go finish watching Dune? Maybe. Was my initial question. I oh, know. I thought you said, are you going to finish the book? <laughs> I was going to come back to you. Andres, I'm sorry. We keep cutting you off,
0: as usual. Uh, Keep cutting your friends off when they're trying to talk.